Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport Podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. All right. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we are going to finish the review that we started in the last episode. If you did not catch that, be sure to go back and listen to it before starting this episode. But without further ado, let's go ahead and pick up right where we left off. Same period, the share of adults age uh, 1844, living with a partner, climbed to 59%. So people are moving in together, but they're not getting married. And somebody says uh, here, uh, Andrew Trulin, a professor, uh, Johns Hopkins, he says marriage has become a, a capstone event. In other words, uh, you wait until you are established and have ah, money and yeah. then you get married. Right. And that is uh, the opposite of the way, for instance, I did it. My wife married a starving artist. I mean, she married a guy with no prospects whatsoever. Uh, and yet we have done quite well for our, ourselves. Uh, and. And we put all our money together. We never, there was never a question. This is, this is really interesting. We're kind of the last generation or the last people to have done this. Uh, basically, we got married, so our money was in, we got one bank account. Now people discuss it. You know, should we put our yeah. money in one bank account? It's really like interesting. So now they give a, an example. Uh, Melissa Mowry is a 30-year-old communications manager in Asheville, North Carolina. She's been with her boyfriend for five years, living together nearly four. They don't share a joint bank account, but they split the cost of rent and other bills. And even so, Miss Mowry said she can't make sense of the financial gap between her relationship relationship and that of married couples. We're already saving a lot of money and splitting the cost on most things. She said, I don't understand how married couples are accumulating wealth in ways that we're not doing. And then the author says there are legal and tax benefits to marriage, but research suggests the financial security and long-term mindset of those who tie the knot may also be a powerful driver of wealth. Um, and, uh, Married people may be much more likely to have conversations around what goals they have for their financial future. And they go on with these very practical, you might call them materialist reasons, uh, why people um, are married couples get so much richer. And this one lady they're interviewing says, most of my married friends have bought a house. I just don't know how they did it. Everyone talks about how when you get married, you accumulate wealth, but I don't know what that means. And everybody in the article, including the author, is baffled by this. And I, I was thinking, you know, what's interesting about this article is the things you're not allowed to think, uh, the things you're not allowed to think about 
marriage, about men, about women, about what makes a couple uh, do so well. And I'd like to just put forward a couple of ideas that, A, people who get married um, are living in a way that is conducive to human thriving. Um, you know, capitalism is the way we manage our greed. And I've said a million times that capitalism doesn't solve our problems. It's simply a way of managing our greed by putting our greed into a machine where the greed is forced to serve other people in order to thrive, right? And marriage is in the same way puts our romantic and erotic impulses into a an institution that helps society to thrive because our romantic uh, and erotic in, um, impulses are very, very chaotic. You know, they're very powerful. They sweep us away. But marriage helps us put them in a place where they can be served, just like our greed can be served in capitalism, but also we don't become antisocial. We don't de- destroy um, society by with through our sexual impulses. But on top of that, of course, there's also this spiritual factor to marriage, which is that a man and woman become one flesh. And as I've said before, I think you begin to develop a truer, uh, fuller, more three-dimensional vision of the world as you become a kind of team that you simply don't become if you haven't committed yourself to each other uh, for the long term, for essentially eternity, for your uh, whole life. Okay, so dude, he basically said kind of what you started off saying there about, you know, it being a, a, a matter of commitment and it being a matter of people are not making as much money because they're not even seeing each other as making it the whole life together. So they're not saving for these big projects. They're not mm-hmm. uh, acquiring wealth to put towards these specific goals. They're not having goals at all. Instead, they're just kind of living from paycheck to paycheck because they don't know if they're going to have anything to save for tomorrow or next year. Because well, and- this may be somewhat of like a uh, interesting take, but most people who are only living together are not in the realm of trying to have kids. Um, yes, so true. Yeah. When me and my wife got married, and you know, I, I kind of smiled when Clavin said that his uh, wife married a starving artist. Because yeah. uh, my wife married a warehouse worker who might be getting a job at the local hospital. You know what I oh, mean? Like yeah, it was a yeah. it was a question, and I, I wasn't making any money, and there was no um, there was no reason for her to just up and marry me. And uh, you know, I promised her I said I'll take care of you, but she didn't have to believe that. And I think yeah. that you know you went through a similar thing. It was not mm-hmm. a hey, I already make all this money, let's go get married. You yeah. know, it was a, trust me, we're going to do this and we're going to make it work. Um, yeah. So I think that just by the fact that we started off on that path of, trust me, we're going to make this work, it adds a completely yeah. different mindset to the way that we approach our finances. And, uh, you yeah. know, then you look at, okay, well, we're buying a house, you're building a house, um, you know, what is it that we can do to make that better for our future children um, rather than rather than let's rent an apartment and live together? You know what yes. I mean? Like, yes. it, there, it's just two completely different sides of the coin. Yes. Lainey and I would not want to have. Uh, well, at least anytime we have children, we're going to we're going to be so excited about that. But we're not going we would prefer to have a house before we uh, had children. And we prefer not to rent and have a, have a child because, again, it's just a. It's just that stability of, you know, having something that's your own 
Um, and again, house house prices are really bad right now. I do know that uh, rent. A lot of people are saying is the way to go, but I would like to have something of my own before I start, mm-hmm. uh, you know, building a family. And you know, many people might. That's an argument we could get into another time. But I, Landon, I do think there's a lot to be said about what you you pointed out there of having that element of trust. Um, impacting your financial life and you talked about you know your wife married somebody who was at a warehouse job and hopefully getting a a job in the hospital i was in that same exact boat my wife actually married an unemployed man uh, who was probably going to get hired in the fall um and again but there was a big question mark there it's like i'm not guaranteed to get that job in the fall i'm in fact i'm not even guaranteed that there will be a job in the fall um Mm -hmm. but i had put in the time at the school and I was fairly confident in my odds of, of being able to get into the into the school if, if a job came open, which it probably would, considering there's like 75 employees in the school. So and, you know, there I think, were Clavin, of, I think yeah. Clavin started to touch on this, but he kind of yeah. reeled himself back. He said that married people are living in accordance to um, things mm-hmm. that are beneficial to human flourishing. Yes. And, and what I think in a way to dumb that down is they're living in the way that God intended them to live for yeah. in, within that part of their life. Yeah. And and yeah. I believe that there are blessings to that and that when you are living yes. within the realm of what God has in store for you, things are going to work out. I yes. don't always agree with uh, Andrew Tate, but I saw a video the other day. It was a short clip of Andrew Tate, and he said, um, too many people talk about not getting married and not having kids until they have X amount of dollars in their bank account. He said, Things will work," he said. "When once you do that stuff, once you take that leap, things are going to work out." And I don't even know if he was coming at it from the same way that I am. I was like, "But I agree with that wholeheartedly." You know, yeah. He's when when you are there's you're not going to run out of food. I mean, it, right. it, the big the big problem with this is is the we have to make sure that we are um, separating not having enough food to live and not being able to buy that extra pair of shoes. Mm. Um, you know, what is it really that is keeping you from doing these things? Yes. You know, is it, is it your wants or your needs? Are you really going to go broke? Are you going to just be like homeless and living in the street? If you have one kid Mm. or if you get married or if you go and try to, you know, pursue that lifestyle, is that going to be the end of you or, Mm. Or are you just not going to be able to go out to eat? Are you not going to be able to buy that extra sweatshirt? Are you not going to be able to do that? Like that, Mm -hmm. I think you have to really draw that line and say, okay, what is more important to me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, A lot of uh, financial stuff is determined, you know, your wealth is determined by your wants and your needs. Exactly like Landon said, is this this something's actually, like you talked about at the beginning, it's a couple's decision. Is this something that's going to move our family forward? Is this something I'm just individually wanting? Um, Yeah, Andrew Tate, he's... He, that guy is uh, – I, I don't like the man at all, um, but he's yeah. he's doing some kind of weird um, – at least from what I've seen. I could be behind on the, on, the, on the kind of how this is going, but he's doing some kind of weird flip-flop. When I, a long time ago, first saw something that he said, he was very anti-marriage. I mean he was, yeah. he was straight up saying, why would I marry a woman uh, if I know she's not going to leave, that kind of thing. And, and, and my critique of that was, well, okay, why, why would you not marry the woman if you think she's not going to leave? Um, because uh, it, there, really, marriage been, is just an indication. Yeah. They, ever they, since he got ever since leave. he got famous, he's been on multiple shows um, being explained the story of Jesus Christ. Um, mm-hmm. I, I pray that 
if that is the way that this is going, that he becomes a devout Christian and renounces mm-hmm. the things that he said and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully leads people to Christ. I mean, I, right. I could see, I could see, even when you have um, polarizing figures like that, um, as Christians, we just have to hope that they come around to Christianity and can yes. be used and can be yeah. used to bring more people to Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, on the subject of making money, I mean, guys, there are ways to make money that will, you know, land you rich, but that are not necessarily moral ways of making money. They're immoral, unethical ways of making money. And I would, I would say Tate is a great example of that when you start looking into kind of how he's built his wealth through his webcam business and stuff like that. Well, Um, when you're you're married, your wife or husband will check you on those things. Yeah, And they they will, that, that is a big part of it as well. And we we set, we can get on here and tell you a million times to get married um but there are so many benefits to it that we can't even cover them all yeah i mean yeah. they are your checks and balances yeah they'll call you on your bull crap that's another thing that i heard another person say laney actually knows me better and kind of knows what i do my cop outs in difficult situations she knows literally everything i do that is not attractive so it's like okay uh, I can't, I can't just lie and get away with something. She's like, I know why you're saying that. I know why you're trying to get out of that situation. I know why you're doing this. So it really does. There's somebody to, there's somebody to call you when you're doing something that you know is just, you know, a lie. You're, you're misrepresenting yourself to the world or something like that. She, she can call you on it. So really, really interesting though. Um, again, it's interesting. He didn't even mention the age thing. Andrew Clavin didn't back to the video. He didn't even mention the age thing as something that people were, uh, you know, married couples were making more money because people got married more a long time ago. He didn't even say that, which I find interesting. He just said that married couples, uh, you know, make actions that are more conducive to a healthy life, you know, that like Landon said. So let's continue with the video and see kind of what he, where he goes with that. Hi guys, this is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. On top of this, I wouldn't be surprised if married people are more conventional in some ways than people who live together. Living together obviously is not the conventional choice. Marriage is. And so it wouldn't surprise me if married people uh, take more um, gender-oriented roles, if they, if wives and husbands do not act more like wives and husbands than boyfriend and girlfriend living together do. And here's what I think that does. I think that when a woman makes a home for a family, she not only satisfies a very deep instinct in herself, but she sets off a very deep instinct in her husband uh, to support her and to support those children. I mean, I, I, I did not really become uh, a good earner until I had a child. And then the minute I brought that child home, the first thing that occurred to me is, oh my God, <laughs> you know, what, what happens if this child, if I don't make a good living? And the thing is, when the government says to you, well, what we need is more childcare and what we need is more, you know, gifts to parents so they can take care of that. No, no. The whole nature of marriage is that when a, a woman creates a home for a man and her children, she ignites this instinct to protect them and to serve them and to uh, support them in this man. On top of which, on top of which, by taking care of a lot of the things in his life, uh, sex would be one of them, uh, a place to live, a place to be, someone to be, which men are very chaotic people. They go after pleasure. They go after money. They go after things, you know, and suddenly with those things taken care of, I mean, I really do not know uh, how a man as uh, offbeat as I am 
would thrive at all without a home, which I would yeah. never have had on my own. I would never have made a home on my own. I just, I'm just too much. I live too much uh, in my head uh, to have done that. And my wife, by giving me a home, yes. set me free to do the things. That yes, that's very good. And I would, I would add kind of that. Um, he talked about, you know, meant, really it was all about incentive for me, what he just talked about there. It's like, okay, um, you're not going to have the incentive to make a lot of money as a man unless you have a child that you're literally holding your hands in your hands asking yourself, what happens if I don't make enough money for this child? That really will get you off your butt faster than anything, guys. If you want to make money, the only way to make money today is by being motivated and by being incentivized. If you don't have the incentive and the motivation, you will sit at home and do nothing. You really will, I promise you. If you don't have the incentive and the motivation to go out and do hard things to bring home a dollar, you're not going to go out and bring home a dollar. And so I would, and I've argued this over and over, and I, I would love for anybody to give me uh, other forms of incentive and motivation for young men, but I really do think that the biggest and really one of the only incentives and motivations that works to get men to do hard things to bring home money is the goal of marriage and family. The goal of having a wife and children. I can't think of any more because it's like, well, okay, you could say pleasure, uh, hedonism, doing whatever you want, having your own time to spend. Sure. How do you do that? You have to have money to do those things. So if you don't have money to do those things, that's not incentive. That's just the way you spend your money. So I need, a, I need, I'm talking about a reason that will get men off of their, their rear to actually make something of themselves. Because yeah, often what uh, happens is is guys use other people's resources to fulfill their hedonistic pleasures because that's not get that that heat that hedonistic pleasure is not enough to get them off their butt and make them yeah. go work. You've got to have a bigger why. You've got to have a bigger reason. Uh, so, Landon, what were you going to say there? Yeah, um, you know what Andrew said about holding his child and and all of a sudden it's like something just clicks. I mean, there, yeah. there's nothing more true, and I can say that. It also happens um, once you get home with a wife that, you know, once I realized, okay, my wife's not going back to work, you know, um, we, we had that discussion and I was like, listen, if you don't want to go back to work, we are not going to have you go back to work. And when I realized that, I looked at her and I looked at my kid and it's so true. You you look at them and you go, okay, it's time for it's me to, to me. buckle down. Yes. And, um, you know, and it's not a bad thing. I think a lot of times in today's culture, people think of it as hustle culture and they think of it yeah. as Grind something and... to, um, you know, that makes men calloused and, you know, whatever. But in reality, all it is is just a motivator. And it, yes. it, and like what he said, it awakened something that was within you the whole time. You just didn't have a reason to go and do it. Um, yes, exactly. And, and, you know, when I go out there and try to make that extra money or I'm at work and I'm, I'm fighting to get a raise and I'm, you know, all that, all those things, it's no longer just like, well, I want a raise because I want to buy a truck. It's I want to raise so that I can buy my child more things to yes. keep him alive and to Have make him happy yes. and to live in a good life so that when he grows up, he looks back and says, dad worked really hard to make us happy. I, I want to do this. Yes. I want to do the same thing for my kid, you know, so, good, so it's a, it's a long, um, chain reaction yes and and i think that you have like some of the population that has the mindset that you and i have of wanting to pursue this and wanting mm -hmm. to make our lives better for our children yes um because our fathers did it before us 
Yes. Um, so if we want to continue that and to have strong men and men who go out and make that extra money and try to make the life better for the kids that they have and their kids, um, we have to continue to make that a point of emphasis and to sh- lead by example. Um, yes. If you aren't there to lead by example, then nobody else is going to do it for you. So true. And I, I mean, I, everything Lane said there was just 100% correct. There's a general generational impact to, um, you know, making the decision, the hard decision to go out and bring home money for, to support things that matter. I had a dad who did that and I saw him every day, except in the summer, of course, because he's a teacher, get up, go to work, come home at three o'clock. And, you know, he, he went through a lot of hard things every day that I'm now just understanding as a teacher myself um, so that we would have everything we needed. There was never a time when I did not have something I needed. In fact, there was never a time when I didn't have over what I needed. I was, ble- I, I, my family was blessed, you know, with just one teacher's salary. Dad had the money, money management to, with one teacher's salary, get us a massive house, get us things we wanted, avoid debt, get us a car that worked, car that functioned, never had any problems. Two of them, actually. I mean, and I was just always amazed that he was able to do that. Teachers don't make that much money, guys. It takes, it takes a serious well, amount of planning and, and investment. Yeah. That's the other so, thing um, that I think divides single people living or couples living together and married people. Um, when me and my wife were dating, she had a 2022 Camry. She was eating yeah, I remember whatever this, she yeah. wanted. You know, she was going and shopping and getting groceries to make whatever dinner she wanted. And there was no thought behind any of it because it was, we have the money. Let's just do what, you know, makes yeah. us happy. Yeah. Once we got married and then started to form a family, it was a collective process of trimming down our lifestyle. We yeah. still have a nice house. Um, we have two cars that run. Yes. We are a married one income family. Yes. And we have two yes. cars that run, a nice home. We've got yes. stuff that she wants. She can still go and shop every once in a while. And it's not because I'm making some exorbitant amount of money. It's because we have the foresight and trimmed. we went back yes. and trimmed down the bigger parts of our lives so that we could enjoy it. Um, yes. So, uh, and, and it wouldn't happen if you didn't have somebody there with you to help you to make those proper decisions. Absolutely, man. 100% agree. And guys, like seeing somebody like that, um, you know, when I saw my dad do that, to, to, to again, emphasize that point, Landon made the generational impact. When I saw my dad do that, there was no other choice for me. I just, I just knew this leads to a life of flourishing. The man going out and working hard leads to a life of flourishing. So that's what I'm going to do. That's what I have to do uh, if I want a healthy family. And again, right now, Lainey and I actually have a two-income home. She works part-time um, for as, as a sub for a lot of nursing homes, about six of them. So they're calling her almost every day of the week. And, and we, we've been that's been nice to have that extra income. But it also, guys, there's a cutoff there too because it makes it harder to run the home because now you've got to come home. Both of you have worked all day and now you don't, you haven't even started dinner. You haven't done any shopping for, mm-hmm. for lunch you haven't, or, or for your meals. You haven't done any house cleaning. You haven't done any, you know, preparation for uh, a, a visiting or a hospitality opportunity that you have coming up. There's all sorts of cutbacks because you're trying to basically live two separate lives at work, both of you, and then come home and do the work for work for two. Um, so it is, there's always a, there's always a trade-off, but 
right now that's what we're doing it seems to be going well in some ways we probably won't do that forever and again she says she likes working just a couple days a week but not 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 a whole lot she likes to let me just go out make take care of all the bills and everything and then she can have a little bit of money to spend on kind of what we what both of us do for fun she'll she'll Mm -hmm. pay for our fun outings and things like that and um that's really good um but guys i hope you've enjoyed this video i really like andrew clavin he's a very he seems to be a very well level-headed guy and he seems Mm -hmm. to have a lot of wisdom behind his years again he is 69 years old right now he's about to turn 70 so He's the oldest host on the, on the Daily Wire, um, and I, I, I personally place a lot of, of uh, it, credibility on age and maturity and experience, so I really appreciated having an older man on the show uh, virtually today. And um, Landon, I hope you've enjoyed this as well. Really excited Always. to have you back, and uh, yeah. yeah. We've got two episodes in today. This is really good, guys. Be sure to check out the first episode. If you didn't listen, we're going to chop this episode up into two parts. So if you did not hear the first part, go back and listen to the first uh, before you listen to this one. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Reach out and let us know what you thought through the link in the show notes. You can send us a personalized audio voice message giving us thanks, questions, comments, feedback, anything at all. We'd love to hear your story. It makes us feel super connected to you, and it makes the podcasting system two-way. You can follow the Restoring World podcast, Landon, and myself on social media if you're interested. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time.